Hello, and welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast. I'm Melissa Riccobono, and I'm here with Anil Lewis. That's me. I'm Anil Lewis, and I'm glad to be here with Melissa Riccobono. Well, I'm glad to be here with you. It's been a little while. <laughs> yeah, it has been a little while, but we're still members of the Mutual Admiration Society. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. And, and we mutually admire our listeners, so thank you for tuning in, tuning thank, in again. Thank you very much for tuning in again. Yes. <laughs> That's my coffee working. All right. So it's almost it summertime, down. Anil. Yeah. It actually is it feels like summer outside to the us weather here today. is actually reflective of the actual season it, for a change it, yes. yes for a change it is it's yeah. really actually pretty beautiful yeah. we've had the windows open in our house air conditioning nice. off which i love <laughs> lower electricity bill at least for the time being yes yes so look at you talking like a parent <laughs> turn <laughs> off the lights yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. welcome to my life yeah 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 i'm sure our listeners can share but we're, we're here to share today about summer programs, yes. not about electric bills. That's right. Because so, the National Federation of the Blind does have summer programs. Yes. And it's a really meaningful, impactful opportunity that we offer young people because I think that as an organization who has that lived experience of blindness, uh, we can reality check students in a way that their normal environments probably do not. And uh, we can also provide some tips and tricks to help them on their path to success. But most important, I think what we do is we take those students out of their comfort zone and we put them in an environment that challenges them in a way that forces them to acquire a new skill set. That is really true. That's a really good way to look at it and a really good way to think about it. And I actually talked with Garrett Mooney and he talks a lot about that. He is now a law student in Maryland. Mm. But he tells his story about going to a summer program at the Colorado Center for the Blind and how that really put him out of his comfort zone for sure, <laughs> but really changed him in ways that he was not expecting at all. And, and as you'll hear, he kind of went in kicking and screaming just a little bit, um, <laughs> but it, it, it all turned out okay. And I think that's a really, I love his story and I really enjoyed talking with him. Cool. Let's take a listen. You're listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. I'm Melissa Riccobono, and I'm here with Garrett Mooney. How are you, Garrett? I'm doing good, Melissa. Good. I'm really glad to hear that. So Garrett is here um, to talk with us about summer programs. And so before we get started, Garrett, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what summer programs you were involved in, and also, of course, what you're doing now with your life. I actually just moved to Maryland um, from Mesa, Arizona, so shout out to my East Valley chapter members. But so I just moved from Maryland about seven months ago to attend law school at the University of Baltimore. And uh, I'm engaged to uh, my best friend, Brittany, and I have a four-year-old daughter named Braley. And before I moved to Maryland, I was born and raised in the great state of Arizona, um, where the sun never seems to go to sleep <laughs> and uh, attended Arizona state. And then, but before I attended college, I went to uh, the Colorado center for the blind to attend their ITP program right after graduating high school. And then before that, the summer between my junior and senior year, I attend, I uh, attended their summer program for high school students. Great. Excellent. And did you also work at any summer programs when you were in college? Yes, I did. I, every single summer, of college, I worked a summer program. Um, wow. I worked my very first one. With, <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's a lot of summers. Lot. <laughs> yes, it was a lot of summers, but um, it was a great way to, I mean, it, it paid the bills. So 
so I could concentrate on school. I could, at the time, my daughter lived in Atlanta, so I could, it afforded me the ability to save money, you know, big sums of money away to where I could make the travel, make the traveling expenses back and forth to Atlanta to visit her. So I worked every single summer. My first one was actually at Blind Inc. for their, uh, their buddy program. Uh, Charlene Gugesberg and Dan Winslow hired me then. And then uh, the following three summers after that, I worked at CCB under Brent Batron and Martin Becerra. Wonderful. Well, then you're an expert at this. And so what I'd love to talk about, (laughs) first of all, is (laughs) what you do to prepare. Because I'm sure there's probably people listening to this podcast that are either planning to attend a summer program or thinking about attending. So what types of things do you do to prepare? What kinds of things do you pack um, to, you know, come to a summer program? Um, what are sort of those those must-have type items? Um, are there things that you packed that you thought later, I really just did not need that? Um, and then, of course, also just it's a big change. There's a lot of things that happen in a summer program. So is there anything that you can do to sort of prepare yourself kind of emotionally or socially for going into such a new experience? When I attended my first summer program as a student, I didn't really know what to expect. I, first of all, I, I didn't think I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, my TVI at the time was the one, like, he, he basically told me, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing else better to do for the summer except for sit around and do nothing. So you're going to do something. And uh, for some reason, I listened to him. <laughs> I was like, all right, I got nothing nothing to combat them with so um uh you know i signed up uh i didn't know what to expect i mean they talked about cane travel and i was like well i kind of want to do that now like what else can you really learn like you know shoulder width apart go parallel i mean what else more is there to that (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) and then they sent me a, a list they sent uh brent i think he still does it now he sends out a list sure of, of things you're supposed to need. And I saw all these things on there and I was like, flip flops, sunscreen, you know, I don't need all of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it talked about some of the activities you're going to be doing, you know, wear pants or sweatpants when you go rock climbing. And I was like, I don't want to pack sweatpants. <laughs> uh, just because like, I can't fit all this in one suitcase. <laughs> and um, I'm like, that's a lot. So, and I, you know, I also wasn't afraid of like, you know, banging my knees against a, a you know, a rock wall when mm-hmm. they hit you rock climbing. Like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's battle scars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, if, I, I would say like, you know, if you know yourself as a person and who you are, if you're not afraid to get dinged up and you're okay with that, maybe you can do without, you know, the sweatpants and wear a pair of shorts when you go rock climbing mm-hmm. or, you know, if you're not, I mean, if you're not sensitive to the sun or anything like that, don't bring sunscreen. <laughs> but I mean, I would definitely say the bare essentials that I always did. I packed eight days worth of clothes. Mm-hmm. So you have seven days a week and a spare of clothes just in case you don't get to your laundry one day. Sure. Yep. Pack a pair of tennis shoes and at least a pair of flip flops, uh, a swimsuit and bring a suit or or dress clothes for banquet. Yeah. Um the great the great thing is I mean I like polos, so polos, you know, you can always wear those business casual. So when I went to the convention, I just I went to the, the we they took us all to the thrift store and we got um you know like slacks. If we didn't have slacks, you know, you pay like 2 or 3 bucks and there's nothing wrong with that. So I got like 3 or 4 pairs of those and 
uh, I wore those along with the polos that I wore every day to the center because I, I, mean, I always liked polos. So, I mean, it served as a nice business casual shirt to walk around the convention hall because that um, Julie Deaton has a very you know strict rule. You know, you're representing the center, so you need to represent well. And mm-hmm. I, you know, all of the centers have that. If you're going to represent us, you're going to represent well. So the people who are new there or people who are looking to come there, um, they see that the center, you know, they you know they look good, they dress good, and they play good. So that's <laughs> kind of the way I look at it. Nice. <laughs> My brother had that thing when he when he was in football: look good, feel good, play good. Play so good. that's kind of the way uh, we took that approach to convention. <laughs> that's great. Excellent. Uh, anything else? Just sort of obviously, you you kind of didn't know that you really needed to go to the program and I'm sure you are not alone yes. at all in that in that feeling um, anything that you would tell anybody that's sort of feeling that same way any advice you would give you know just keep an open mind when mm-hmm. I went uh, like I said I, I didn't I didn't think I needed it and certainly on orientation day I certainly didn't think I needed it and it was about a week or two into the program and I re- and it was actually right before convention and I was sitting there with my summer counselor and I was like hey I, I need to go pick up this I forgot to get this at the thrift store for convention I go get it and he goes yeah I'll go with you and I was like well I don't need you to go with me and he goes what do you mean I, like, I can get there I can take the bus and he goes oh you like this whole independence thing I was like yeah having public <laughs> transportation nearby is pretty nice I came to an area I, I was born and raised in an area in Mesa where it's very suburban and there's not any bus routes and the, the great thing about summer programs that it only magnified in my ITP program and I never have admitted this until now, but when I was on the way home from my summer program, I teared up a little bit and I was trying not to cry because I didn't want to leave mm-hmm. uh, because they gave me independence and, you know, Brent Batron, who was in the car with me and my counselor at the time and Tony Rosier was in the car and I was like, I can't cry in front of these guys. These guys have been teasing me about it for years. They're going to be 35 years old and they're going to see me like, hey, remember that time you cried? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I, I can't. I can't let them get to me, <laughs> but I was really sad because I was going to have to give up the buses, the independence, to ha- have the ability to go wherever, whenever mm-hmm. I want. And, you know, when I came home, it, it, I felt isolated again. It, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. So if, you, if you're hesitant to go to a program, just think about if you're worried about when you get there, well, what am I going to do afterwards? Trust me. It'll give you the independence that will motivate you to, when you leave the program, to get out of whatever situation you're in, to give yourself that independence back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing that summer programs give you, like nothing else, um, and I taught two summer programs, um, both in Colorado also, and I am still in touch with coworkers of mine that I worked with and also students of mine, and it's so very cool to see students of mine doing all these great things and being in touch with them and also my coworkers and just, you know, now one of my coworkers is a mom in Nebraska. And I, I just think, wow, you know, we were together. There, there's just a bond like nothing else exactly um, when you work with, with people or you are with people in a summer program, I think. I think that's totally true. Brittany, who's my now fiance, we were students ITP students once mm-hmm. at one point in co- when we were both there in Colorado. I mean, we didn't like each other at the time. Uh, it wasn't, that happens it, it too. Wasn't, it didn't work <laughs> yeah, it, uh, she didn't like me and I didn't like her. 
but when we came back to work in Colorado, that's kind of when we got together and sure. uh, we started in like, oh, she's not so bad. He's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I can second that. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm still, I mean, one of my students, I was roommates with my student when he came back from his ITP mm, program. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. I mean, some of my friends from my ITP program, I still talk to them. Not as often as I, you know, sure. like not every day. Right. But, you know, every couple of months you pick up the phone and you're yep. like, hey, how's life? How are you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you grow up around one another. Like when you leave, I, when you, you grow up in the programs together because you guys are both learning. And then when you leave, you get to see each other kind of grow up. You know, everybody kind of grows old together. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's definitely true. So let's switch gears a little bit as far as a staff member um, in the program, because obviously being a student is kind of one set of fears and and one set of uncertainties. Um, Being a staff member is kind of a whole other ball of wax. And I guess I would have to say, too, just very briefly, that the other thing that you should remember, whether you're being a student or a staff when you're packing, make sure you have those things that kind of help you feel at home or sort of help you feed yourself. And I don't just mean food, although, you know, I love chocolate. So, you know, chocolate was <laughs> nice for me to bring along. But for me, it was music. As long as I had my music, I was good to go. It didn't really matter what was happening around me. If I could just have, you know, five minutes to listen to a song or share music with a student, then I was all right and we could <laughs> we could go onward. Because um, the programs are not always easy. They're, they're always a little bit stressful. So for me, it was really important to have my music with me. And so I guess I would say that if you're, you know, a student or a staff member, just thinking about those things that really help you, whether it be books or music or chocolate or uh, special, you know, blanket or whatever it is, it's really going to kind of help you um, through sort of those experiences that might not be always, always so easy, even though they're super fun and they always turn out really well in the end, they might not be easy while you're going through them. Um, But why don't you talk just a little bit, is there anything else that you would like to tell staff members? Things maybe that you wish you had known (laughs) when you signed up to be a staff member? (laughs) Um, Or just, you know, kind of tips and tricks of, you know, how you sort of um, were able to truly make a difference for students and connect and, and do good work, um, even though maybe some days were not quite exactly how you planned that they would be? One thing I like to say, it, it is definitely hard work. Mm-hmm. It is hard work. <laughs> like none other. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is no other job like it. No. But the thing I enjoyed about it was by the end of the summer, you could tell some students got it. Some students were starting to get it, and some students were just right there on the tip. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to see that you get some students to move a little bit because everybody's differently. It takes some people longer, but the the wait is well worth it. And every kid comes from, at least in the programs I work, every kid comes from so many different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We had kids with, you know, low income to high income you know, bad home lives, good home lives. And, you know, those parts can be hard. But when you see that for two months you were able to give them something they never had before, it's really an awesome experience. You can't ever get that back just because if you remember where you came from and where they are now, it's something that I think that every blind person who's gone through a program can share. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing besides blindness, the one feeling we can all kind of remember. And as a staff member, it's a really great feeling to have. Anything else you'd like to share and with our listeners? One thing I always packed extra of was extra ties because you could always count on uh, a student who's a male, a male student to forget one <laughs> or mm. not want to go out and buy one. So when you go to banquet, you're like, you need a tie? Yeah, I need a tie. All right, I got three. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> nice. And then teaching so, them to tie that that's tie. One. That's that's a good skill. Yeah, so they're teaching. Yep, definitely. Then teaching them. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's really good advice. I wouldn't have thought of that, you know, not being a male. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I know my fiance, she's worked cover summer program, so she's brought, you know, maybe extra like hair ties so sure. she can give away or, you know, makeup to show the girls how to do makeup, that kind of a thing. So right. it always helps. And and the more, I'll tell you this, the more summer programs you work, the more items you realize, hey, I can bring this next year because I know yes. I'm going to be back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing that I always brought, um, playing cards, Uno, you know, just nothing yes. huge, but just little things to sort of have for, for downtime. I don't know. There's yeah. some phrase that if you have the if you have a deck of playing cards, you have uh, I don't know 50 games in the making or something like that. And and it's really true. I mean, playing cards are so versatile. But Uno or apples to apples or any any kind of fun card game um, is always good and usually don't yeah. take up that much room. Yeah, because those those apartments they don't have Xbox or anything like right. that. Right. Yeah, so that's right. You're kind of on yeah. your own. <laughs> yeah, you're on your own, which is a good thing because it forces you to get out of the apartment and explore the city. That that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so uh, much, Garrett. We really appreciate you talking about summer programs and sharing your experiences with us. And um, good luck in law school. I hope that's going well. And uh, welcome to Maryland. Hey, thank you so much, Melissa. I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, as we're Getting into summer, I think about all the staff and students around the country that are getting ready to participate in summer programs. And I think Garrett gave some really good advice about what to bring, what to expect. And I I, I really liked that part of the interview. Yeah, and I'm sure that's very helpful. So hopefully students that are, you know, maybe considering a summer program uh, will take that into consideration as they get ready and prepare. But I really think that the real, true, powerful impact of Garrett's story was that now he wants to do it to others. <laughs> and he has. Oh, yeah. He has done it to others. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I know it sounds kind of <laughs> weird that now I want to push other people <laughs> off the cliff. But it, it's nice to have that, that mentality where you recognize the benefit of the experience and then really um, develop a commitment to making sure that other young people can also go through that same uh, learning experience. And that's the beauty of the National Federation of the Blind. That's why we as an organization are successful because mm-hmm. we have people that are truly committed to paying it forward. Yeah. And we really appreciate it. We, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't work without that commitment, without that heart, yeah. without that love. And it's exactly. not a place of just, it's a job, it's a summer job. I think the vast majority of the staff members that come into work with young people in our programs, maybe they start out thinking, well, this is a job, I'll be able to make have some fun money. with kids, make a little money. Yeah. Um, but I think most of the time, even if they approach it that way, and I, well, I, I would say, first of all, the majority of the time, I don't think they're approaching it that way. But even if they were, I think most of the time, it really makes a, a, a big impact um, on them. And they learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the benefit of it. You yeah. go into it thinking you're going to be doing good for others. And then you find out there's some benefit for you. Yeah. 
We have another example of this in a future episode of the Nation's Blind podcast. We do. Uh, Marissa Hirschman and I sat down, and I look forward to bringing you her story along with Anil mm-hmm. on our next episode. Please keep in touch with us. We'd like to hear your ideas, your comments, your questions, even your criticisms. Yes, please uh, send us an email, podcast at nfb.org. Okay, and you can call us the my old school way by dialing 410-659-9314, extension 2444. And if you want to do a newfangled way, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, just search for National Federation of the Blind. Mm-hmm. And you can also mention us on Twitter at NFB underscore voice. We're looking forward to hearing from you, and we hope that you appreciate listening to the Nation's Blind podcast. And remember, you can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back.